You're listening to the What The Fab podcast, where empowered women empower women through candid conversations, inspiring stories, and tangible tips. I'm your host, Elise Armitage. I'm a digital creator, and I left my nine to five job at Google to chase my dreams of being an entrepreneur. I'm so happy to have you here. Let's get into some real talk. Hey, hey, welcome back to the What The Fab podcast, episode number 51. We have a great interview lined up for you today. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation based on what I talk about in this interview and my Insta story poll a few months ago. I think it's going to really resonate. We are diving into the topic of burnout, self-care, and boundaries with Ginger Jones. I'll read her bio in just a sec. And before we dive into this conversation, I just want to remind you to take a second and rate and review the podcast if you have not already. I truly, truly appreciate it. And it's what helps the podcast grow. And it's also like what keeps me going because reading your ratings and reviews just helps motivate me and get me excited about the next episode. And then if you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Please go ahead and hit subscribe through whatever platform it is that you're listening through, and then you'll get these episodes queued up and ready to go for you. So let's talk about Ginger Jones. Ginger Jones is a speech language pathologist, and she's also the founder and CEO of Jones Therapy Services, a pediatric therapy clinic with 10 locations in Tennessee, which she sold in January of 2022. Ginger and her company, Jones Therapy Services, have both received numerous awards and accolades, like her company ranking on the Inc. 5000 for four years in a row, and her being recognized as one of Nashville's 40 under 40 professionals, just to name a few of them. Dedicated to her community and those with special needs, Ginger has a passion for helping and speaking about her experience as a child of deaf parents, her work as a speech-language pathologist, and her entrepreneurial journey. Let's welcome Ginger to the show. Hey, Ginger. So excited to have you on today. Hey, yeah, I'm excited. Good to see you in person. Good to see you too. I'm super excited to chat with you today. A little context for how you and I connected. So a few months ago, I was feeling a little bit burnout. I was definitely in a rut and I was just in a slump. And so I posted about it on my Insta stories. I did a little poll that was like, are you, you know, does this resonate? Are you feeling burnt out too? And it was like a simple yes or no, I'm good. And I was shocked to find that 100% of people who responded to this poll said that they were feeling burnt out too. Like nobody felt good enough to be like, no, I'm good. <laughs> like everyone that responded was like, no, I'm super burnt out as well. So I was shooketh. And so I threw up another story where I was like, clearly, we need to talk about this more on the podcast. I'm obviously not an expert. I don't I think few people are experts in the topic of burnout. However, we all have different experiences. And if there's somebody that um, you can think of who would be great for me to chat about this with, please send me your recommendation. And so Lauren Reed, shout out to Lauren, she owns Reed PR in Nashville. She was like, you've got to talk with my friend Ginger Jones. So did some quick stalking on Google and Instagram. And I was like, wow, she has such an interesting story. I would love love to speak with her. So I'm really excited to chat with you today. Could you before we like dive into the you know, the topic at hand, could you share a little bit about your background with us? Um, mm-hmm. You know, from your experience of being a child of deaf parents and how mm-hmm. that led you to speech pathology and your business? Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, as you mentioned, I was born um, a child of, of deaf adults. My parents have been deaf since they were infants. So um, I really grew up um, seeing like firsthand the impact of a communication disorder. And so I'm very, very blessed that I knew I wanted to do this work. Like uh, as long as I can remember, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so the stars all aligned. I'm like one of those people who went to college to do what I did. <laughs> that's like how many people like are doing what they have a degree in, but I got a bachelor's in communicative disorders and a master's in speech language pathology and um, worked for seven, almost seven years at Vanderbilt Medical Center here in Nashville. And I was a speech language pathologist that specialized in working with kids with hearing loss. And it was great. I loved my time there. Um, But I think I started, I started to kind of realize when I was there that 
um, kind of bureaucracy, red tape, which I understand that when you're in an organization that big. Um, but I just was like, that's not really for me. And, um, so I started my own company in 2009, which was in the middle of a recession. And I wasn't even like smart enough to know that I just did it. And, um, and I've let, ran that company for 12 years, grew it, like you said, to 10 locations. And uh, we were offering like a wide variety of services by the time we sold. And um, and so in, yeah, in January of this year, um, not, yeah, it's very, it's very weird that I'm like saying this still, but yeah, I sold that company in January and stayed on for about three weeks. And <laughs> then um, kind of, I was in this, like, I don't know what to do with my hands moment. Um, and I still find myself sometimes in like, this odd place, but, but yeah, that's like high level. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I have lots of questions for you based on that, but I know when you and I um, spoke on the phone previously, you mentioned that over those years of running your business, Mm -hmm. you know, you employed hundreds of people. And I know you became interested in the concept of burnout because you were observing some really interesting trends. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell yeah. us more about that? Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, I think when you, I'm by no means an expert, I just got really interested and I'm kind of this way when I get, I'm like a dog with a bone. I just kind of get like, I want to find out everything. Like I went to a doctor the other day and she's like, wow, you've really done your research. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of that person. Um, so what I was noticing is you know, people would come to me, they come to my HR director and they just with this term, I'm burnt out, I'm burnt out. But I was intrigued because oftentimes it was not my most productive people. I was in a service-based business. We, you know, you bill when a client comes in the door. And, um, and then on top of that, people had leadership, you know, roles within my company. And it was never like those most productive people. It wasn't my leaders. It was people that I'm looking at your numbers going, girl, you weren't on fire. So I'm not sure how we burnt out, you know, and that was my naivety thinking that it was just, you're working too hard. And honestly, a lot of them, I think that's what they thought too. So I just, I just sat and watched and I was like, why is this one person who is like, you know, 95% billable and taking on all these extra things and has two kids at home, not complaining about being burnt out, but this person who's only billing 60%, not married, doesn't have kids, you know, like why, why am I hearing she's burnt out? So, um, so it just started like diving in. Cause honestly I wanted, I was intrigued, but I wanted to support my people. And, um, and so what I really found out was like, I think that burnout, I don't know, maybe I was the only one that thought that, but it was like, it means you're working too hard. And it means your boss has, um, extraordinary expectations that nobody could ever fill. But it what I started finding out was burnout's always been about like a mismanagement of your resources. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. And and I do, every time I speak about this, I do say there are toxic workplaces. There are bosses and managers with unreasonable expectations. So like, I want to say that because I do think people need to sit with that if they're in that situation and figure out if, they need to stay in that role or whatever. But let's just say outside of that, <laughs> that, that, you know, a company has to do whatever they're in the business of to earn money. Right. So in my company, it was like, we have to see patients. Like I would always say to my staff, we don't have a mission if we don't have any money. And yeah, in a perfect world, y'all could all come in from nine to three and see four patients in that time and have all this time to do paperwork, but we wouldn't make any money, which means we're not helping anybody. So, um, so all that to say is I, I started to dig into like, okay, so if it is a mismanagement of our resources, what am I noticing about how people are managing themselves? And so I I just, again, got super interested, started coaching my staff about this, which turned into like giving keynotes about it, really in mostly in like service-based um, professional areas, because I do think there's a you get attached, whether you're like a hairstylist or um, a hospice nurse, or, you know, like we were working with parents and kids, parents of children with special needs. I mean, you get, sometimes those boundaries get really blurred. Right. And so, and that's that. So, so to kick off, like, if you're ready for me to kind of say like, here's, here's what I've found boundaries is a huge thing um, that people that don't keep good boundaries feel burnt out. Um, You know, so And I can remember back in the day, right, when I wasn't good with boundaries and I let my patients' families text me 
all the time and I would respond. And um, I took on too much that I should have empowered the parents to do, or I should have empowered, you know, the other professionals working with that um, child. So the boundaries is like one example of taking care of yourself so that you don't get burnt out. Yeah, that's a really great example. And I love that you mentioned, you know, and acknowledged, of of course, there are work environments that are toxic, Mm -hmm. there are managers that are toxic. And like, that's, you know, something that you need to take a look at. And if you're in that situation, you know, what's what's your next move to get out of that situation. But also burnout happens when you're super passionate about and love your job like that can happen as well. And I think that there's kind of, um, there's kind of like a a guilt and a shame um, to admitting that to yourself if you're in like a highly coveted position or like if you're, you know, I have my dream job of running my own business and my blog and traveling and everything. So like, what do I have to feel burned out about? Uh, But, you know, just like in a a 12 step program, like acknowledging that and admitting that is, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I think we, I noticed the same thing. And even myself, like those periods that I, it's like, I told you I'd want to do this since I was a little girl. So like, who am I to say, oh, I'm burnt out. Um, and I, I do think there are those professions um, that it just feels a little bit more shameful. Like if you were on a factory line and you said you were burnt out, you're like, yeah, like who wants to do that? You know, but right. when some of these more glorified professions, like yours and mine, these helping professions where it's like, well, of course that it is a joy filled space to be in, but it's also exhausting too. Um, so yeah, hundred percent agree. And there's a, there's that quote about, um, don't, I think it's Wayne Dyer. It's like, don't die with your music still inside of you, but there's also what happens when your music dies, you know? And so I feel like that's like those of us that are living our dream. It doesn't mean like, we're not going to die with the music still inside of us, right? Like we're living that, but it doesn't mean that there won't be periods of time where that music dies. And Mm. I think when you recognize that, that's when you really have to look into like, okay, what, what are the things I'm doing on a daily basis? Like, how am I showing up for myself? How am I taking care of myself um, in order to manage that? Yeah, definitely. Well, I I definitely in a sec, I want to get into some of, you know, ways that you take care of yourself and manage your resources. Um, But I did when you were speaking about that, I also thought of the fact that like, we sometimes will put these pressures and expectations on ourselves, like it's our own doing. And I just had kind of like a flashbulb memory of when I I was still working at Google and I was doing my blog as my side hustle. And I remember seeing a blogger that I followed. It was Rachel Parcel. So like, you know, an mm-hmm. OG like blogger in the space, like um, just, yeah, a huge, a huge blogger. And I remember her posting a story about how like she it wasn't like I'm burned out, but it was like, oh, I have a case of the Mondays. Like, I I don't want to be back at my desk today. And I remember thinking like, I can't believe you're complaining about, you know, working this amazing business that you have mm-hmm. for yourself. Like, that's my dream. And I remember thinking to myself, like, if I ever get in that position where I'm running my blog as my own business, I will never complain. I will just be so grateful that like I've made it. And then here I am being like, oh, I'm a little bit burnt out. Like, that doesn't mean that I don't love my business and what I do and feel super grateful. Um, Like those, those two things can happen at the same time and they can exist. You guys, I just discovered Newly and had to tell you about it. It's a fashion rental subscription service. So it's basically like Netflix for clothes. I also have a $10 off discount for you. So I'll let you know how to get that in just a sec. So here's how it works. You pick out six pieces of clothing that get shipped right to your home. You wear them for as long as you want. And then when you're done, you send them back in the same packaging it arrived in. There's a return label in there and everything. Super easy. And they have such cute pieces from brands like Anthropology, Ralph Lauren, Badgley Mishka, Free People, 
just to name a few. And if you fall in love with a piece and you decide you want to keep it, you can buy it at a super discounted rate. Like I'm seeing anywhere from 15 to 70% off the retail price for the pieces that I have at home right now. You also don't have to worry about washing anything or even if you accidentally damage it, you know, you spill some coffee or pop a sequin or two off, Newly will take care of it and you won't be charged. Personally, I am feeling a little bit uninspired with my closet and my clothes right now after the pandemic. So Newly has just been a great, affordable, sustainable option for me to have a bunch of new outfits every month and just get excited about dressing up again. You can pause or cancel Newly at any time. And I also have a referral link for you to get $10 off your first month. Just go to whatthefab.com slash Newly and Newly is spelled N as in Nancy, U-U-L-Y. Enjoy, and let's get back to the episode. Yeah, you can, and, you know, I feel like that and is a big thing. Like, you can feel happy and burnt out, you know? I mean, probably not for extended periods of time. Can you feel those two conflicting things? But I think you can you can hold that space to feel both, um, to feel both of those things in, in periods of time. Yeah. Definitely. So, okay, before we get into self-care, are there any other tips or things that you kind of recognized when you were in this observation period in your Mm -hmm. business of things that helped pull people out of that burnout phase, help them manage their resources? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, and the biggest one I will like always go to, cause I think it's, it's helped me tremendously is gratitude habits and maybe overplayed, but, um, you there's, have you read like happiness advantages? One of his books, his name is Sean Acker, A-C-H-O-R. He studied, so he's a professor at Harvard and he studied happiness. And I thought this was fascinating because Harvard, I think I've, I've got the number somewhere because I give it in this talk. I, it's like less, it's like 1% of people get into Harvard. Let's just say 10% to be generous. 10% of people that apply get into Harvard. I think it's way less than that. But what he found was that, so these people that get in, right, like they are, they have gotten into one of the top schools in the country, achieve their dreams. But if they didn't practice gratitude with that within three weeks of being at Harvard, that um, gratitude had turned in or happiness had turned into entitlement. And that was really powerful to me when I read his book, I've heard him speak. It's like, because like you said, like you, like I've always wanted to do this and you think that will like live on forever, (laughs) but it doesn't because life happens. Right. And you do go, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. And, um, and so to me, that continuous gratitude for me, I'm like a jot three things down every morning, but I also have, um, like I get a coffee mug of every trip that we go on. Um, or if I go on a girl's trip, if I go with my family and my husband's like, okay, we're running out of space for coffee mugs. But, um, but for me that time in the morning and I've got this mug that says Sedona or Las Vegas or whatever. And I can reflect on like, that time with my family or that time with my friends or that time I was at the Inc. 5000 conference in San Antonio, you know, and I can, um, that to me is another gratitude practice that doesn't necessarily look like a journal, you know, or you can carry something with you. You know, I know people that carry rocks with them in their pockets or whatever it may be that just kind of remind you to be grateful. So, um, gratitude, is a huge one that is, you know, maybe overplayed, but I, I think sharing that powerful story about Harvard just reminds us that, you know, what it's like that quote, remember what you have today is like what you prayed for a couple of years ago, whatever, like we're just humans and we forget that. So, um, another thing is finding a way to be creative. And I was, you, you probably feel like you're really creative. I don't know. I've always felt like I'm not like, I don't, knit. I don't cook. I like, um, so I felt uncreative, but there, I realized as I start again, when I was kind of diving into this, that like the ways that I was creative, like I probably, I like to problem solve, you know, and, um, and even in my, like the way that I take my notes, like I do like colored pins because that makes me happy to look at, you know, so it's like not your typical, like I'm not, I don't have an Etsy shop, you know, um, but I just find ways to be creative. Um, another one, I think, and again, maybe for service professionals, but, you know, kind of boundaries and, and this go hand in hand, but I always, I would tell my clinicians, I would say, learn, you have to learn to be a screen door and not a sponge because we're really not good at what, as what, 
uh, we do as therapists um, and lots of other professions if we aren't empathetic and present, right? But you have to learn as a screen door, you have to learn to let that kind of go through you because you may have 10 more patients today or, you know, your next patient that comes in is going to find out that they just got diagnosed with autism, you know, and that's really heavy. And so if you're a sponge, you're like holding all that in and it's heavy (laughs) and, and you can't, you can't um, go on like that. Like that's not sustainable. But if you, I would just say sometimes picture, you know, like when you're done with a session with one of your families, just picture screen door, like all that's kind of watching through it. You were there for them. You were absolutely present. You were helpful for them. But now it's kind of time, like that's their thing to carry now. And you have to be present for your next family. Um, that's another one. Uh, and boundaries. I, Boundaries, I would also talk about not boundaries, boundaries kind of uh, used a lot now too, but I was, I think about like a, a policies and procedures manual for yourself, you know? And so like where I am in my life right now, I got two little kids and they're growing and I don't, I want to freeze time. I don't want them to <laughs> grow up, you know, they're like this perfect fun age. So one of our like family boundary things is like no sleepovers, the night before, like if you've got a game the next day before one o'clock, no sleepovers, right? And that's just made it very easy because we'll be out. Everybody's having fun. It's like, can I stay with so-and-so? Can someone stay over? It's like, nope, we got a game tomorrow and we don't do it for church, you know? And so I think, and that's not a like uh, burnout thing. It's just when you make those rules ahead of time and you say, this is my operating manual. When you're in the moment, you can make those decisions without having to labor over them. So, so I think just if you, if you like catalog and look through, like, what are the things I'm tolerating? What are the things that piss me off? Um, what are the things that I say yes to, or I act like I'm okay with, but I'm not, <laughs> you know, and like later I'm crying or like losing sleep, you know, have a, have an operating manual for yourself and just like, it's, it's okay that these are the things I'm going to say no to. These are the things that I'm okay with or whatever it may be. That way you're not burning yourself out on like decision fatigue in the moment. That is so good. I love that idea of your your own personal operating manual. It reminds me of, I think it was from um, James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, but he, he talks about that like decision v- fatigue and how like mm-hmm. having certain habits just kind of like wipes out some of those like I mean every day we're like having to deal with like making thousands of tiny decisions and so he gives the example of like Steve Jobs wore the same thing every day because Mm -hmm. it's like you aren't thinking you aren't looking at your closet thinking like how am I going to put an outfit together Um, you have certain habits and routines that you do do you do you have something that's like actually written out or is it kind of like a a verbal contract in your head Uh, you know some things I think I'm more in this stage now with my family where it's it's more like verbal what what I do every year um is I have a list of tolerations that a coach shared with me a long time ago and it is exhaustive list like like my teeth being crooked my shutters falling off my house I mean it goes through my jewelry being tangled in the morning right because that's the other thing is like these so many things can happen before you even back your car to the driveway in the morning and you're spent, you know? So it, it goes through all these things and it's like, I mean, there's like home, there's relationships, there's your, um, your health, you know? And so what I, and you can change, accept, or I think ignore is, is kind of, so everything that you decide you're tolerating. And so, um, so I will go through that list every year and, kind of make a plan off of that. So like years ago, I was like, no, it bothers me. My teeth are crooked. So I got Invisalign. <laughs> you know? And like, again, you think about like, was my business falling apart because my teeth were like crowded? No. But when I'm getting ready in the morning, I'm like looking in the mirror. If I'm unhappy with something that's kind of like layered. And like I said, you go to get a necklace and you can't get it because your jewelry's all tangled, you know? Um, then by the time you pull out of the driveway, you're like already pissed. <laughs> <laughs> even gotten the work and you don't know why. Um, so, so that's kind of my plan of attack is to just look through my tolerations and kind of make a plan every year. And what's interesting is that I've probably done that for like seven or eight years now. Now I am so quick to notice that I'm tolerating something and I like have to have to get it fixed Ooh. and it'll be something tiny. It'll be um like, what did I buy? The, oh, we got stuck in Vegas. There was a flood in Vegas when we, we went on this two-week trip out west. Um, 
I have never, I got to like knock on all wood. I have never had a flight canceled. I've never had my luggage lost. I've never, and there we were with our two kids after two weeks on the road. And we were stuck in the Vegas airport for 17 hours. And I did not, girl, did I pack my toiletry bag in a carry-on? No, that was under the plane. And so I'm like, oh my God, none of us have brushed our teeth, you know? And, um, so my husband, it's it's actually quite funny. When we got home and unpacked, I have it's still on our stairs because I haven't gotten it all because I ordered some stuff on Amazon. I am like, I am changing the way I pack for travel because I don't want to be in that situation again. I don't like we didn't have blankets, you know, like and it's midnight. There's no like my husband went and bought these blankets when they finally opened at like 5 a.m. and they were paper thin and we we're miserable, you know. So anyway, it's that I think that I've just adopted this behavior of like. That's something I tolerated. I had I didn't have a choice there. I'm I, I planned poorly there, but I'm not going to do that again. And so I'm going to change that in the future. So for me, that's um, maybe not a hundred percent related to burnout. But if you because that was like a travel story. But if you think about daily, like what are you? Maybe it's your chair is uncomfortable, or you know, I, like the Steve Jobs in the um, uniform is a perfect example of yeah. a way you can just make your life easier. Yeah, I think there's like so many examples of how that can be applied to your personal life, your home life, your your work, your business. Like what have I tolerated in the past from people that have hired to support me that <clears throat> if I look at it, that's not something that I want to tolerate and would make my mm-hmm. life easier if I, you know, looked for somebody new that wasn't, you know, exhibiting these behaviors that I've been like tolerating, being like, eh, it's not the end of the world, but I don't like it. Right. Type of thing. Yeah. And I think that there's something powerful. I mean, I was looking through my journal, I think because I have that behavior, like I'll just sometimes write down what am I tolerating? And there's something powerful about writing something down, right? So to your point, like I've written down people in my business before that I was tolerating. And sure enough, like, it's almost like I was kind of manifesting that they would like find another job. (laughs) I was like, well, that was easy. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, so I think that if you just get in that mindset and again, like not in a, I don't, that's not a negative mindset to me. Like I'm, you know, cause there's a, there's a difference there if you're like manifesting negative stuff. But to me, it was like, I was being very clear to the universe writing that down. Like I'm tolerating this person's behavior and I need to do something about it. Now, maybe maybe it ended up that I did need to terminate that person or whatever. But I think that, I think there's another thing that's just really powerful about writing things down and it's, it's setting intentions too. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to add that to my um, morning routine (laughs) in my journaling. Cause I do, I do. What are you telling Yeah. Yeah. I do the three things that I'm grateful for. I also love that you shared, you know, kind of an extra step that you do like with the, the Mm -hmm. mugs example. And it made me think like, Oh, maybe I could look back on like, what, where was I and what was I doing like a year ago today and like look at a, a photo yeah. or a video or something and um, just kind of like feel great gratitude for either, you know, where I was traveling to or how far I've come or things that have changed or shifted. Um, so I love that. And I love the idea of taking stock of like, what am I tolerating right now that I don't need to be or want to be mm-hmm. um, and putting together, you know, an action plan based off of that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you said something else when you were talking. Oh, I think probably a lot of us are, I'm such a forward facing person. Like I make, <laughs> I'm like, I, I remember once on our trip, I, my husband said, Oh, I wish I wouldn't have made that wrong turn. Cause now we're behind, we were behind like a line of cars at one of the national parks. And Mark was like, Oh, if I wouldn't have made that wrong turn, we would, I had forgotten we made the wrong turn. You know, is it like, but he's my husband. I mean, this is why we balance each other well, but he kind of makes decisions from the past. He kind of like lives in the past some, which I think has its benefits, but also, you know, like anything, it's got, it's good and it's bad. Um, you know, harder to forgive people when you live in the past and things like that. For me, I'm always like, what's happening tomorrow? What are we doing five years from now? And so I think that the downfall of that personality trait is that you don't always celebrate like what you've done and where you came from. And that's a massive part of like feeling joy. I feel like is like celebrating, like you said, where was I a year ago or what was I doing um, this time two years ago that I have to be joyful about, you know? So I think, I think those of us that are like forward lookers have to remind ourselves to look at how far we've come. 
Yeah, that's such a great point. And I'm the same way. I actually, I recently took a class through Kaiser that was all about anxiety and stress and kind of like what is chemically happening in your brain and also Mm -hmm. physically in your body. It was so interesting. There's a part where they were talking about, there's um, kind of like the the anxiety and stress that comes from regret and focusing on the the past and wishing you mm-hmm. did things differently um, and kind of replaying things. And then there's anxiety and stress when you are in thinking about what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. And I was like, wow, yeah. I, I mean, I'm definitely the forward thinking one because I yeah. like, if something happens, it's like, okay, boom, boom, it's done. I'm on to the next thing. Like what's yeah. happening now? How can I problem solve and, you know, think about the future? But there's there's different stressors that come from kind of each of those focuses and being able to be present mm-hmm. is something that I'm really working right, on. I was like, and the lesson for all of us is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The lesson is that there's pros and cons for like each kind of forward or backward way of thinking about time or (laughs) things that are going to happen or have happened. But like if you can really hone in on being in the present moment, uh, I mean, every every book that I I have been reading lately, Stillness is the Key, The Power of Now Mm -hmm. by Eckhart Tolle, like it's all just like if you can unlock being present, like that's the key to happiness and yeah, yeah, so it's a lot. It's definitely easier said than done, but it's something. Yeah, that... and it's a and it's a practice too. I mean, I think um, you know, you saying that it's you can go through periods where you're nailing it. Um, and even I was at a a program that I got into this year, and uh, like somebody was doing goal setting and all this. And you know, for those of us that have like I've been goal setting since I was like 25, you know. <laughs> But I got cocky. I realized I got cocky and it was kind of like, oh, I'm that person. I'm I'm a goal setting person. I don't need to actually sit down and write my goals. But I'm telling you, I, I have pages and pages and pages of where I like typed out goals, you know, but I just stopped doing it because I thought I became a goal person by nature. Um, and so the same thing, I think, with being present, it's like it's like you can't go to the gym for like three years and then think you're going to like always be in shape. I mean, it's like constant work. That's such a good analogy. Yeah, it's it's a daily choice and effort and not even mm-hmm. just daily, but like minute by minute because <laughs> you can be present yeah. one minute and then your mind is off wandering to something else the next. Okay, you know I am all about time-saving hacks and I have to tell you guys about my latest discovery, Sunbasket Meal Delivery Service. I've been using them for months now and they are hands down the best meal delivery I have ever tried and I have tried a lot. (laughs) Their meals are ready to go. You can just microwave them or pop them in the oven. I don't know about you, but if I'm paying for a meal delivery, I'm not trying to get a kit that also requires me to spend time having to cook the meal and chop stuff like some other services. No, thank you. So it's delivered weekly. If you want, you can always skip. It's ready to go. All of their ingredients are organic. And seriously, the meals have been so delicious. I just had this insane chili verde enchilada pie with braised pork last night. Oh my God, I'm drooling just thinking about it. And each week you get to pick your menu and I order six. So that's meals for both me and Omid three nights out of the week. And I usually opt for meals that are under 600 calories. And like I said, everything has been so good. And there's a new menu to choose from every week. We haven't had a repeat menu item yet. And I have a great discount link for you to give them a try. You'll get $90 off your first few deliveries, bringing each meal to six bucks a meal. This is a no-brainer, you guys. So just go to whatthefab.com slash sunbasket and use my referral link there. I mean, you're going to pay that much at least for groceries, but with Sunbasket, you don't even have to cook, so you might as well be efficient about it. Make weeknight dinners a delicious breeze with Sunbasket. Go to whatthefab.com slash sunbasket to get $90 off. Are there, I want to ask you what you do for your own personal self-care because I feel Mm. like a few years ago, self-care was such a like buzzy word and I I Mm -hmm. kind of got almost like turned off to it. Like, oh my God, another post about self-care, like who cares? But then after the pandemic and people's Mm -hmm. lines between work and home getting so blurred, like now I'm a I'm obsessed with self-care. I'm like, I have to, you know, make sure that I'm doing these Mm -hmm. things for myself. So what is your take on self-care and what are some things that you do? Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And I think back when I started giving this, I was speaking a lot more in like 18 and 19. Um, 
and it was kind of like shopping in margs and i'm like okay that's not self-care if you don't have money and if you get wasted every night right like yeah, yeah a drink every now and then if that's like relieving your stress i'm not i'm not judging that i do that too you know um but i think that we kind of got a vision that like it was bubble baths and having a spa day and like a spa day is not self-care if that means you can't pay your bills, you know? And so, so I kind of, I, when I was doing all this, I dove into like self-care and just all these different aspects because there's financial self-care and there's spiritual self-care and there's social self-care. And, um, so I think that's another area that people should kind of look at. There's, there's your physical space self-care. And so for me, I have a list on my phone. Um, and it is, I heard this term from a guy that's here in Nashville. He's a coach and he doesn't even call it this anymore, which I called him out like less of us. I was like, no, I liked it. It was when life works list. I forget what he calls it now, but I was like, when my life works, it's because I'm doing a majority of these things. And on my list, I mean, one of them is taking all of my supplements every day because I'm, I'm a 43 year old woman. I have a lot of, you know, trying to, trying to live forever and stay healthy and, um, and feel like I did in my thirties. And, um, but what I would notice about myself is, I mean, it's, it's a chore, right? Like to take all of them. But when I didn't do it, I would like beat myself up about it, you know, and it's the tiniest thing, but it would kind of start my day off. Like I'd get wherever and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even take all my supplements. I can't even remember to take supplements. How am I running a company, you know, and, and I have two children and, you know, I would start to do that. And so, yeah, <laughs> over like supplements. All right. Over my vitamin D, you know? Um, and so so I just made a list of like, when I feel my best, now do I do all of those things every day? Rarely, you know, um, but it's got, it's got both of my sons on there. It's got my husband on there because um, connecting with them. I mean, even if I just get 15 minutes of like, let's look in the eyes and let's talk about your day. Let's talk about where you are. You know, that to me makes me feel like I've done at least somewhat of my job as a wife and a mom. And so um, I've got, for me, I take cold showers every day. That's just something that makes me feel really good. Um, if I did intermittent fasting, again, I, I choose not to do intermittent fasting every day, but let's be honest, I feel better when I do it. You know, so that's um, that's on my list. Um, sauna for me, like a good detox in the sauna after a workout. Um, cardio weights is on there. And so oftentimes, I don't do cardio and weights, right? But I, I've just got this list. It's like a brain dump of um, this is when I've been my best meditation, reading, journaling. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of how I, I think there's two things there. There's the practice of like sitting down and figuring that out for yourself. That's hugely beneficial. Then there's the tracking it because when you feel really burnt out or you feel really off, you have that thing to go back to. It's like, I know this is what works for me and mine and yours could look completely different. Um, but it's just kind of having that like tethered place to go back to that, you know, puts you in your best, your best operating system, you know, is, is how I feel about that. My yeah. win life works list. I love that. It's like your, your tools in your toolbox that you can, yeah. you know, like you said, you're not necessarily doing all of them every single day, but it's almost kind of mm -hmm. like a, a grab bag of like self-care tricks that you yeah. can like pull from. Yeah. Um, and it's remembering too. like, I had this talk with my 11 year old last night. Cause he's, he's so, he's got so many strengths and he goes, I really need to work on being more organized. And I was like, yes, you do. Um, and I think he's got this like super creative side. And so I told him, I said, that may always be a struggle for you. Cause you're like a fantastic artist. And I said, I don't, I don't know if any of this is true, but it's like generally people that are really creative, like aren't the best. And, and I said, and I think this is Tony Robbins. I said, you got to remember there's the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. And so last night I'm like, I had made crock chicken and our, our sink was full and we had football till like 830. And I said, do I want to be standing here right now washing these dishes? No. And I said, but I got to be downtown Nashville at 715 in the morning. And I don't want to come down and fix my coffee tomorrow morning and have these dishes piled everywhere. And I said, so, so right now I am disciplining myself. So to me, that's self-care, mm -hmm. you know, like it's doing the freaking dishes at 930 at night when you're exhausted and you got to be up early in the morning. But that I was trying to explain and like set the good example for my son of like, and that's where I think maybe we went wrong in the early days of self-care is that self-care doesn't always feel like a vacation. Self-care feels like scrubbing your crock pot at 930 at night. 
Yes, <laughs> it totally can. I had this conversation with my husband recently because for him, like it, it doesn't affect him negatively. If like we leave dirty dishes in the sink mm-hmm. at night and then in the morning, like he gets up earlier than me and like he'll, you know, sometimes he'll do them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm like, I, even if you take care of it in the morning, it like bothers me to go to bed with a super messy sink. And I would really prefer if we tag team and just like take care of it at night. Like it just, it helps me feel better. And he's like, okay, like I don't care either way, but like it clearly (laughs) bothers you. So like, fine, like that's an easy, you know, switch that we can do. So I really like that example and like being, you know, conscious about it and like Mm -hmm. just taking a small action, even though, yeah, at you know, 9.30 before we go to bed, it's not necessarily what I want to be doing. Yeah, not what I'm doing. Yeah, but I just know that is, you know, it, it's satisfying to me to like go to bed with a clean house. Sure. Yeah, that's what my, we talked about I'm in my closet, like my clothes are color coordinated. Um, and that's for A, I like to look at it, but it does make it easier. Like if I know, like I'm not gonna, I'm wearing this color pants or I wanna wear something this color, it's like just an easier. And that took a lot of time. Like I could have just, unpacked here and um throwing things up but yeah I think there's so you gotta figure out what works for you you know um like my apps on my phone are organized by color my friends make fun of me but like my brain goes to the color so instead of like fumbling around and again going back to those tiny little things those like micro things that are taxing you that you don't know about um so for me, like color, my bookshelf is color. <laughs> like it colors just a way that it makes me happy. And it it's like my brain can organize that way. I mentioned to you, I take notes in like different colors. And so I've just learned that that works for me. But like for you, that might just be like, why is everything in rainbow? Um, so yeah. you got to, I think spending the time with like, when when did I feel my best? And what, what habits did I have then? What was going on in my life? Um, and let's like, make a plan to get back to there when you yeah. start to feel burnt out. Mm-hmm. The other thing we didn't mention is the people you hang around. Like <laughs> That's massive. And yeah, boundaries can be part of that. But, you know, there's all that saying out there. It's like, show me, show me who you're hanging out with. I'll show you your future. Like your the research studies that show you're going to weigh what the five people around you weigh. You're going to make the same money. You know, I am such a believer in that. And I think, that if everybody around you is complaining about their job, let's just say, because we're talking about burnout and, it, you know, their work, uh, I think you're going to be pretty hard pressed. Like you're going to start finding things wrong with your work. Um, and so I'm, I feel very fortunate, like all the people I've surrounded myself because of owning a business and because I, you know, had high revenues. Um, I got to a place where I could like join organizations with other kind of like-minded entrepreneurs. So it just became my peer group and it challenged me you know, and, um, people just think differently and, uh, also had people to lean on when I wasn't good, you know? So I think that your peer group is massively important. A thousand percent. Yeah. I agree with that. And I, when I think about like people that have been negative or toxic in my life and like when I made the decision of like okay I need to like phase out this relationship it mm-hmm. just it, it felt like a weight had been lifted like it's really hard when you come to yeah. that realization some with some people it's easier than others it's like okay mm-hmm. nope this is not what I want in my life and then sometimes it's like you know maybe somebody that you've had a relationship with for a very long time and it's just you kind of there's this dichotomy of like I want to be supportive of this person because we have had such a long relationship but then there's mm-hmm. also like I have to protect myself and my energy. Um, And yeah, Yeah. when I think about like last year, I was in a mastermind group that was um, led by Julie Solomon in Nashville Mm -hmm. and um, just like being surrounded by 15 or so other women that like we, I think we were checking in weekly. I mean, it was kind of like still pandemic times for the first half of the year. So everyone was around and available and just like being surrounded by high vibe women that are like killing it in their business, but also want to celebrate your wins and give you advice for your business. Like it was just a whole other level. Like it really, I saw so much like personal growth, business growth, and just like general satisfaction and like Mm -hmm. fulfillment from being part of a, you know, a community like that. Yeah. There's a, there's like nothing like that. I think especially to 
as women, if I can go off on a tangent, like women aren't always the most supportive of other women. Mm-hmm. And so if you find, um, like I, I stumbled upon like red, I didn't even know what red it was, but I like, like I found a snark page, like, and I was like, Oh my gosh, these people are horrible. <laughs> like this poor one celebrity can't do anything right. You know? <laughs> And, uh, I don't even know. I'm like, that's a long story of how I got there, but I was like, this is so sad. Um, and cause I was like, I mean, she's not my style, but I was like, hell yeah, girl props to you. You know what? I love yeah. whatever, you know? And, but then I found this snark, but I'm like, wow. And so I think that's even, um, even more powerful as a woman in business, a woman doing something, you know, that's deemed successful, like to have that group of people, that just celebrate you because it, um, you know, to me, it doesn't, you doing something that's so cool doesn't mean I can't, it shows me that it's possible. Yes. And I think, I don't think everybody has that mindset. So you have to be around like my best, best girlfriend, when I got, uh, she's like been my best friend since I was 14. When I got my, um, this car, I called her, she's like an intuitive. This is kind of a weird story, but it's funny. Um, there were two cars. I'm like used car girl. I don't buy new cars. And, um, there were two and they, I wanted this like Land Rover and they quit making them in 2016. So, right. It was like, I just, this is the year I'm going to get one of these Land Rovers. And, uh, but I just, one of them was shinier, cleaner from the fancier dealership. The other one, and my husband's a car guy, the other one was probably a better deal, but I just didn't feel good about it, right? So I'm like, I'm gonna call Lori Marks, like call Lori. And I said, I just, I called her and I was like, I just have to call you because I'm like, it's not sitting right with me. Like, this is the better deal, but I feel different when I'm driving this car. And I, and it's truth be told, in a not self-care moment, we were rushing around trying to test drive these cars. So I was like, I did stop and get chicken nuggets from McDonald's. So maybe I feel like crap because I just had chicken nuggets, you know? And, uh, and so anyway, Lori helped me, but I ended up getting the car that was a better deal. But on that phone call, she was like, what kind of car is it? And I was like, oh, it's a 2016 Land Rover. She's like, are those the ones that look like this? And I was like, yeah. She was like, is it white? And I said, yeah. And she was like, that's my dream car. And like, she was kind of in a space of like, things were like a little challenging for her financially. And here I am. But like, she, there was never this moment of like, oh my God, Ginger's getting that car. I've always wanted. I just was like, I just want a Land Rover before they're like way too old for me to own anymore. But to her, it was super important. And she just like later that night, she was like, I'm so happy for you because the fact that you have it means that it's that much closer to me, you know? And I was like, everybody needs a friend like that because, yeah, because any other friend could have been like, oh my God, she got my dream car. Yeah. And she (laughs) could have been really upset. Yeah. So I know I just went off on this like whole other topic, but I feel like I know your podcast, like a lot of women subscribe to this. And I just think that like, you know, if you don't have, at least one friend, if not five or 10, you know, that just really celebrate you. Um, that, that should be on your goal list for the year. It's like, yeah. how do you get around those people? Definitely. I mean, that's all I want to surround myself with, like for my, yeah. whether it's a, you know, a, a business colleague friend or, you know, personal friends, like if we can't genuinely celebrate each other's successes and genuinely be happy and like jumping up and down for each other for these big moments and milestones. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't want to feel like my, you know, friend, I'm putting air quotes, is like upset because I had a successful course launch. Like I don't right. want to feel like, you know, and especially like as women, there's kind of like this almost um, counter side of success where sometimes you get like guilt and shame put on you for it. Right. Um, which, successful, yeah. Yeah. So like, that's, that's definitely not, you know, that's not the vibe that I yeah, want to no, surround no, no. myself with. No. And it's, and I think it, I don't know for me now, it's like almost everybody I'm around is, is awesome. You know, but like I said, when I <laughs> finding that Reddit, I was like, oh my God, there's still women out there who are like attacking and, yeah. um, and you know, and it's, it's, it's how successful we are. It's how we look. It's how much time we spend with our kids, you know, whatever it's. Um, so I just have chosen to surround myself with people that there's no judgment zone. Um, yeah. and I think that's massively, massively important to feeling burnt out because again, you're just it, like to go back, like it's a mismanagement of your resources. Mm-hmm. And if the people around you are dragging you down, and, and again, like I, I'm always this like caveat person, like your friends are going to go through stuff and you need to be there for your friends and your family sure. is going to go through stuff. But you know, if it's getting to the point where like it is changing who you are and you can't kind of come out of that, then 
you know, make some decisions about how much time you're spending and can you love them from a distance? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's really great advice. I want to hear a little bit about the process of selling your business this year. Like, what was that like? Did you have mixed feelings about it? How are you feeling now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, so actually I was selling my business for like a long time. I I haven't, it's, I've only spoken a few times since I sold. So it's like, nobody really knows this yet, but, um, it's so it's, it's fatiguing, you know? And again, like to go to this thing where it's like, um, it's this great thing that if, if you, if you're selling it under the right circumstances, right. I mean, I, I was, my company was doing well, we were profitable. Um, I kind of feel like I, um, left after I won the Super Bowl. Um, you know, like, I guess you could sell a company under different circumstances, but, um, I was actually, I started being approached about selling my company for years and, um, and to the point of who you surround yourself with, like I was a speech pathologist. I had always wanted to do this. If you had asked me probably eight, 10 years ago, will you ever sell this company? I would have been like, no, like, why would I do that? And I love what I do. But I think I surrounded myself with so many serial entrepreneurs. Um, and I started to see how this business, as much as I loved it, wasn't, it's not the life I wanted to lead forever. I mean, as a service-based business with that many employees in that many locations, I definitely, um, it was heavy at times. And, um, and I was in network with health insurance companies. It was like a long story, but you know, like I had a really bad boss. Let's just put it that way. Blue Cross Blue Shield, Cigna United. Those are not people that you want to be like in bed with forever. So, um, so anyway, I got, I got approached. Um, I was actually in a deal that, um, looked like everything was great. Uh, brought my leadership team into the fold. Um, and that deal fell through after like seven months, I think. Wow. And so talk about like low moment because I felt foolish, um, especially about my leadership team. I I was like, oh my gosh, like I've told these people that have been so loyal and so hardworking for me. Um, So it was a bad, it was like a really bad two or three weeks for me. Um, I remember the the day after it fell through, I didn't sleep, but I was crying. My husband got up to go to the gym. He gets up at like 4.30 to go to the gym. And I was still crying from the night before, you know, and Mark was like, oh, you just got back in bed with me. And, you know, but I like picked myself up. I was like, okay, like, you know, if it's, oh, I've got this really cool story that I just do have to tell you about this. But um, I was just like, I just got to do this. I got to do this. So this is not very self-care, but this is like one of the coolest things that ever happened to me. So I got to tell you. Um, so I was in this kind of weird place because I'm, I, like I told you, I look forward enough to know like something's gonna, you know, like God didn't bring me this far. Like, but it was, I don't know if this has ever happened to you when you, I couldn't understand why I had been shown something like, I had been shown this is the this is the money you're going to have. This is the life you're going to have. This company, I was so, they're going to do great things with this thing I created. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's that piece too. It's not like I just wanted to leave and it like fly off into the ether, you know? Um, so I was really struggling with like, why did I get shown this? And then it was taken away. And um, I was reading this book called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. And I was in the sauna, which is like one of my self-care burnout <laughs> things. And um and I just was reading about like, you have to believe something in your bones. Like you just have to believe that. And so I like put the book down and I like three times I pictured like literally signing a deal. I pictured the money I wanted in the bank and I pictured like me and my husband celebrating. And I did that three times. And when I like, while I was doing that, I heard this voice in my head that said, it'll be sweeter. And I'm, you know, again, I'm not in my best place. I've been crying off and on for like three weeks. I've not been sleeping. And I, my, I'm just, thank God I'm alone in the sauna. And I said, um, I wonder if that was me or if that was God. Like, did I say that or did God say that to me? And, um, you know, the sauna has got like the slats of wood and I could, when I opened my eyes, there was like this card. I wish I had it. Oh, wait, maybe I do. No. Um, it was a card I could see had fallen in the slats of the sauna. So I had, I had my book. I'm always like reading. Right. And I took the highlighter, like the chiseled into my highlighter and I like flipped this card out of the sauna. It was a picture of Jesus. <laughs> like, so I had just said, was that me or was I God? And then I see his picture of Jesus. <laughs> and so anyway, I mean, that was like one of the coolest things that ever happened to me. And it's, you know, and I could go like, this could be a whole nother podcast. I like ask and you shall receive, you know? Um, so anyway, um, so in that moment, it was like, I just was like, okay, 
you got this, you know, like, and like, I kid you not the next day I met the buyer. Wow. Right. Like it's the coolest story. I mean, I couldn't even like, I call my girlfriend, right. The one, the, the one with the cart, I'm like crying and I'm like, this is happening, you know? And then, um, and now, so I did give this little like Ted talk thing and I, I hadn't even put together, I was going through my phone. And when I put together that, like, that was the day I found that card in the sauna. And then I met the girl who bought my company the next day. So anyway, um, so then I'm a really long way of telling you that. So I went through some crap, like, and then, um, met this buyer. And of course I was like, had a lot of trepidation because I've just been, I like got left at the altar people. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, you're not like really like really want to date a bunch of people after that, you know? Um, but so that whole process, you know, so I was, um, I was more scared that second time I didn't bring my leadership team in for a while, which did not feel like, I felt like I was hiding something. I wasn't, you know, and everybody around me was like, Ginger, this is the best for them. Like they don't need to know right now, but it, to me, those were my people and they knew everything, you know? Um, but it all worked out great. It is, I will say it's the first thing somebody told me, one of, one of my favorite people who's probably bought and sold a bunch of businesses. When I said, Hey, I'm thinking about selling my company. He said, and this was years ago. He said, um, do not stop doing what you're doing that makes your company successful. Cause so many people, you go down this road, you have to do all this stuff. It's not like somebody just gives you money. I mean, it is attorneys and CPAs and due diligence and site visits and, you know, and so thankfully, I mean, my company operated pretty well without me, but I, you know, it's hard. Like you're taking your eye off the ball so that you can do this. And then if that thing falls through, well, now you've got something that maybe is not as valuable. You know, so it, I was like, I had, I'd had it fall through before. Right. So like Mm -hmm. trying to do this thing of like, I'm trying to run this company, but I'm also trying to sell this company. And, um, so we made it to the finish line. It was, um, I would say, I think I told you this on our like phone call. It's probably been the most disorienting thing, but in this like really beautiful way to, um, do something for 12 years that like, I mean, that was my blood, sweat, and tears, pardon the like cliche, you know, I mean, I lost sleep over (laughs) that for years, you know, um, and, but I'm so happy with like, it it couldn't have been better. Like I'm, I'm happy with people. I sold it to, I felt good about that. Um, I also feel incredibly blessed. I'm 43. My kids are 11 and seven. So I'm in a position where I don't have to like, Oh, what what am I going to do next? Like, how am I going to make a paycheck? And so this summer has been, um, I have been so present. And so I thought I was present before and I got to, I got to give myself a pat on the back. I did a good job. Like I, I had, I spun a lot of plates, but I still think most days, you know, my kids felt like, um, I was a good mom. Mark on the other hand, might have been like, you weren't always a good wife. You know, you were a little stressed out, but, um, but yeah, I just, I have like pinched me moments every day. Um, I feel like because, I feel like a lot of people are in their sixties maybe when they get to this place and their kids are grown and, um, yeah. And, and so I'll do something else. I mean, every day, I mean, I have a couple new ideas. It feels like every day. (laughs) Um, but I, uh, but I don't feel that pressure and I won't, um, I won't, I won't bootstrap and, you know, like I'll probably, I'll like borrow money to start another business next time. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, Mark and I were like, we're not even going to use our own money. Like we, we, my husband owned a business too. So we both have like, um, we just have both done that. And I'm so thankful that for that part of my life, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that back. But I think, um, me and one of my girlfriends were talking yesterday and she said like, what if you've already done all the hard work? You know, and I do think, I don't know about you, but like sometimes when things are easy, are you like, okay, but when's like the chicken hit the van, you know, mm-hmm. when's the shit <laughs> and you're kind of like, yes, yes. And so that's like fighting back that because I have been in such a beautiful season, um, you know, and, but I've had some tough seasons, right. So it's kind of like my brain wants to go, well, enjoy it while it's here because something really crappy is going to happen, you know? And, um, I don't know when my friend was just like, but what if you've already done all the hard work? It's like, I like that. <laughs> like, what if I have, and it could just, I could push the easy button from here on out. You know, that would be really cool. So yeah, yeah, that was definitely something that, um, you know, just like with the mindset coaching that uh, I was working through last year, it was like, we sometimes have this kind of 
even if it's a subconscious realization or thought that like, in order to be successful, it has to be hard. Everything has to be difficult. And sure, there might be phases that are really hard and really difficult, but it doesn't have to be all the time. Sometimes it can just be easy. And that's great. And there's no like, you know, guilt or shame in that either of like, wow, I'm, I'm doing this thing. I'm, I'm making this money and it's easy. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if some of that is like generational, you know, like I, um, cause I mean with, you know, my generation, I think we were definitely raised like I'm being on you. Like, I'm like, gosh, I'm not millennial. I was at Gen X. Yeah. So like, I'm right on that cusp. Right. So probably more like Gen X, but like our parents all worked for somebody and my dad worked like if we needed something, he picked up an extra shift, you know, I mean that. And so I wonder how much of that was like ingrained in us because that was what we saw our parents do. And like you said, I don't want to, I don't want, I think we're living in a completely different society if everybody thinks they can like go on all the vacations and have all the cars and do whatever, but not have to work. Right. Like, I mean, I think there's probably like this, like really good middle ground, sweet spot where it's like, yeah, you can, you can have everything you want and it doesn't have to be the blood, sweat and tears story every week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love it. Well, Ginger, thank you so much for joining me. I have just a couple of questions to wrap up with you. So first of all, is there, I know you, you mentioned that you have like multiple ideas every day of like, you know, new businesses (laughs) or things that you want to work on. But um, I know you also do a bit of consulting as well. Can you tell listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So um, what I'm doing now is consulting for mostly for service-based businesses that are are trying to scale. Um, and that, uh, and I'm, I'm, uh, I think what I love, like I have scar tissue and the people that I work with, it's like being able to go like, Oh, like here, I did that, you know, here's the, here's the 10 things I did wrong. Um, and so I love like, that work is really fulfilling to me. Um, and with the space I'm in too, it's like flexible, right? Like I was just saying, like I've kind of, I'm, I'm in a different season of my life now. And so um, I get to meet people where they are. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. And, uh, and you can, I, on my website, and I'm sure everything will be on there, but like people can find out more about that. But yeah, that's kind of, that and speaking is kind of where I, my jam right now and hanging out with my kids. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I can just tell you would be such an incredible business coach because you've got this amazing experience. And then you've also got like the the mindset and the growth, you know, mm-hmm. work and, and they're, they're so, you know, wrapped up in each other, you know, like having yeah. the right mindset along with the right, like operations and systems within your business. Sure. Yeah. And I do think that's, that's where I, I mean, like one of the, my new client I picked up, you know, I was, when she's telling me what she's struggling with, I was like, oh my gosh, when I was there, if I had had me, I would think I'd hit the jackpot, you know, cause I had coaches, but I didn't have anybody. I mean, she's in, she's in a different state, but she was doing what I did, you know, mm-hmm. um, pediatric therapy clinic, you know? And so like, I was, yeah, I was like, where was I when I was struggling? I need yeah. to save. <laughs> but I well, made it. <laughs> how great that you can share that, you know, as a gift with other people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. One last question for you, Ginger. What is one thing that's bringing you joy right now? It could be something big or small, a book, a podcast, an activity. Mm. Gosh, I feel like there's so many things. I have I think I have to say my kids and I, and and again, that may sound cliche, but I think if you knew me when I had smaller ones and the business was more intense, I couldn't wait to get on the girls trip, right? Like I've always loved them. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, they're the sweetest angels, you know? Um, but there were times when like, I just was like, get me out of here. Like I'm in a pressure cooker, you know, and there's something about the age they are now. And I'm sure probably every parent has their different, like some people like love the newborn stage. I was like, actually, I love sleep, you know? (laughs) So, um, but where they are now is just, it's almost like you can see it flashing before your eyes and, um, and they're fun. Like this road trip thing, like they were, they can stay up late, they can hang, you know, and they were, were great. I, I think that just like, 
where I am in my life and being blessed with like being their mom. Um, and I have, a, I have a great husband too. So like my family right now is just bringing me so much joy. And, um, and they, and, you know, with owning a company for 12 years, they, I don't want to sacrifice is a word, right. But like my, they grew up kind of go helping me in the clinics on the weekends and, my husband, you know, like some of our trips were around like, well, I had clinics that were like far away. So it'd be like, it's a weekend trip because we're stopping by <laughs> mommy's Knoxville office, you know? So I feel like my family, I guess sacrifice is a word uh, ish, you know? Um, but th- that season of my life, I'm just so grateful that they, they kind of let me do that. Mark and the boys, I was like, she's got to run that company. And, um, and now for me to be able to like fully give to them just feels like that's what's bringing me joy. Oh, that's awesome. That's so great. Well, Ginger, I loved our conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Where can everyone find you? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so uh, website is gingerjones.com. And probably, I'm, I got to admit, I'm not great on LinkedIn, but I need to be. But uh, Instagram is probably the best place. And I'm Ginger Jones there as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Good to see you. Such a great combo with Ginger. I feel like we could have talked for hours about this topic and like gone off on other tangents about mindset and personal and business growth. I mean, so many different things. I am so appreciative of her for taking the time to chat with me and for being so vulnerable, like sharing some of those stories about the ups and downs of selling her business. I mean, that was powerful. And I think it's really easy to focus on the ups, you know, that you see on social, like she sold her business and it just, I'm sure it was a dream, but like there were definitely highs and lows along the way. And I think talking about those is really important. So thank you, Ginger, for sharing your experiences and tangible tips when it comes to dealing with burnout, when it comes to self-care. And if you are a listener and you enjoyed this episode, if you try any of the tips that Ginger talks about, definitely let us know. I would love it if you snapped a screenshot of this episode. Tag me. I'm at WTFab. Tag Ginger. She's at Ginger Jones. And let us know your thoughts or what you tried. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to hit subscribe on the What the Fab podcast. We will have another episode coming out you next week. And until then, we will chat soon.